Welcome to the Tiproxy Method, creating confident learners. The Tiproxy Method uses a unique combination of breath work, brain body work, gratitude, and a clay-based program to affect the neuroplasticity of the brain in students. To help strengthen their mind-body connection, help them develop a growth mindset, and most importantly, trust and confidence in themselves. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. One way to support the Creating Confident Learners podcast is to leave a five-star review and written review anywhere you listen to it. Thanks so much, and let's get started. When kids who are struggling big time in the classroom, the classroom setting has the same peer dynamics, the same material dynamics, the same teacher dynamic, and they're just getting stuck over and over and over again. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you, both parents and educators. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to increase focus, ease anxiety, and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's made into bite-sized digestible pieces to help you apply these tools right away. You know, sometimes it's impossible to change in the same environment um, where the problem is. That it's the environment that is adding to the perpetual struggle just um, in general. And I'm just thinking more about that. When kids who are struggling big time in the classroom, the classroom setting has the same peer dynamics, the same material dynamics, the same teacher dynamic, and they're just getting stuck over and over and over again. Nothing is changing. I really do believe it's time to change that environment until the problem is solved. Sometimes kids can really make leaps and bounds and improvement when they are removed from the environment that they're struggling in. Maybe it's not full-time. Maybe it's pulling them out of the school setting um, for a couple hours a day, a couple times a week. But oftentimes, the solution to a problem is not at the same level as the problem itself. And we're having this problem in this environment for whatever reason, lack of skill, dynamic between the pace of the class or how material is being presented. All those things are compounding, but the environment itself is compounding the problem. And I oftentimes think that it's okay to be willing to pause, to step back, to regroup, to reevaluate, and even change course if the environment is continuously creating the same outcomes. So a lot of times what happens as well, I'm a big advocate and I do have a a beautiful connection with a a local school here where I do get to pull kids from the classroom environment that they are in and pull them so that we can work one-on-one in my mini classroom, which is right around the corner. And I've always said this, especially with the kids who are struggling, the ones who have IEPs, the ones who need extra help, they don't need extra school. They need a different environment to build the skills at a pace that they can handle at a pace that fills in their gaps of knowledge, their lack of skill, so that they can transfer it to the original environment, so they can transfer it to the classroom they're in with the teacher that they're with and their peers and their classmates. And sometimes just taking the time during the school day instead of adding extra work. A lot of times we're like, put more, put more, put more. These kids who are struggling, they actually need less. It needs to be concise. We need to take away any fluff and go directly to the problem. And sometimes the environment is perpetuating. It might be not the environment itself 
um, in and of self, but the dynamic with this particular child who is struggling at the time. And if we can pull them for a little bit, semester, one day a week, two days a week, three days a week, not in addition to the full classroom day. And then oftentimes they'll go back into a similar setting, if not the same setting, and really thrive. So sometimes the environment itself is causing, is part of the problem and we can help that by changing the environment for a moment. And I do say this over and over and over again. One-on-one teaching allows for direct sport, direct teaching to the gaps in knowledge, direct building of self-esteem in an environment that is not dictated by the pace of the people in the classroom and in that environment and that group where students can actually slow down enough to regroup and create a pace that is sustainable for them. Of course, with high expectations, I know you can learn this. Let's find the avenue. Let's figure out how you process. Let's figure out how you critically think for yourself. Let's find out how you learn so that you can thrive not only in a one-on-one setting in a different environment, but also in the classroom setting where you were previously struggling. I keep on thinking about how we want schedules for kids that are consistent and sustainable and with high expectations. I know you can do this. It may not feel accessible to you right now, but with each step, one by one by one, we'll get there. And a lot of times if we take out the comparison or the environment or where maybe other people are looking out of that environment, they will also tend to exceed and excel in that a greater pace than if they felt like they were being watched And, you know, I was thinking more about this too, like we want consistent high expectations for children, but we also, heck, want this for teachers so that they don't get burnt out either, right? I come back to this, the idea that, you know, to be more than a five-year teacher, you are a veteran. The burnout rate for teachers who change careers or go to home life is five years. It's just not sustainable at the rate that teachers are expected to perform with a class of 30 people, 25 people, 20 even. But the magic in this teaching, the foundational skills The ones that I talk about in the foundation course, the confidence, the breath work, the gratitude, the mindset changes, in addition to the academic holes that need to be addressed, transfers eventually the classroom. And sometimes if we take um, the environment out of the equation, these things happen faster. It transfers to their grades. It transfers to the group setting. It transfers to their focus. It transfers to their direct skill in the environment that maybe they were struggling previously. So if we are teaching students right, this not this one-size-fits-all model that all all children can excel when we don't just go, you guys are all the same, right? We're all different. We all process different. Some things are good teaching that get from point A to point B a little bit quicker. But really, we need to teach children to be confident in themselves, how they process, to have ease in their nervous system, and then also help them figure out how they learn so that they can become permanent lifelong learners. And as long as we don't expect them to be the same, to compare and be the same, then we're on the right track when we're talking about teaching um, to children as humans. And with that being said, yes, there are reasonable grade level skills, but rather than powering through skills to get kids to do what their peers are doing in that environment, if we stop, even change the environment and build step-by-step consecutive steps that will get them there, we're going to make a bigger impact over the long run. Like we want to build a house one step at a time, same with the student's academics. We don't want it to be built on sand. When we think about building a house, right, it's framed and then it's drywalled and then it's painted and then 
then it's decorated and designed, which is the last step. And hopefully it's been built on concrete rather than sand. Same with the child's education. Sometimes we have to stop and regroup and look at what steps haven't been addressed fully or completed completely so that they can excel step by step by step so that we are framing the knowledge and then we are building from there. We want the same for students and an academic foundation. And sometimes that looks like a change in environment or a change in pace or not being afraid to revisit prior concepts that weren't mastered. Math is absolutely my favorite thing to teach and know. And as new concepts come up, sometimes the very thing to do is to go back and reteach a key concept that wasn't learned properly or priorly so that they can master a skill, right? You can't really do some more advanced math concepts if you don't have the prior basic knowledge. That's just kind of common sense there. Just today, I was working with a fifth grader on creating numerical expressions from word problems. And to be honest, most kids do struggle with this concept when they first learn it. It's really taking words and creating them into math and actually understanding and dissecting what part of a word problem is important, what is superfluous, what is not necessary, and sometimes they're designed so that there's extra numbers and so forth. And especially multi-step math and multi-step word problems, kids tend to trip up this with this unless they are really, really understanding what's going on. I call this type of word problem turning words into math and into the numbers that are necessary. And here's a tip for all you parents when you're talking about word problems, especially multi-step word problems where it's not just like, oh, we're bringing these this group of flowers and this group of flowers and the two bases into one where there's one step, is to have your child actually draw a little sketch of what is happening, especially in these multi-step word problems. And it's just a sketch of like no math or number sense, but like, oh, you know, this many people entered the airplane, this many people came off, then these this group of tourists came in and so they have a little sketch of what's going on that doesn't have to do with math and then figuring out the math from there so just drawing kind of like the pictures of what's correlating to the words will help your child transfer the words into numbers into numerical expressions so they can solve what's happening especially in two three step problems so today when this fifth grader was working on not necessarily word problems but changing words into math in order to do the problems at hand, I had to reteach the basic math words and concepts for each operation. Like, what is the sum? What is the difference? What is the product or the quotient? I'm wondering here as I'm talking to you parents, do you know what all of these are? Right? They're the answers to specific math operations. So the sum, S-U-M, not S-O-M-E, right? Spelling dictates meaning as well, is the answer to an addition problem. The difference is the answer to a subtraction problem. The product, which a lot of times you don't hear this word, is the answer to a multiplication problem. And a quotient is the answer to a division problem. So in order for this particular child to be able to translate some of the just words to numbers and the algebraic expressions and numerical expressions, she had to know these words, which she didn't know until we went over them. And there is one problem where there were passengers and three crew members who were seated to the side and seven rows in this problem asked how many seats were in each of the seven rows. So I had her draw out the plane and draw the rows and where the crew members went. And then from there, we were able to write a multi-step numerical expression to solve for it, right? So 45 minus 3 
and then that's in parentheses, divided by the seven rows would get the answer of six in a row. So sometimes just by drawing a little sketch, it can help a kid understand what's happening and then change those words in the math. There was also a problem where there were two different fish tanks with each type of fish needing a certain amount of water. So what was the max amount of fish that could go into each of the bowls? And then based on that, those little sketches of these like little stick fishes were able to make the numerical expression, the two-step problem of this divided by this for how many fish in the first bowl, this divided by this, how many fish in the second bowl. It was easy to write it as one simple numerical expression or one simple numerical equation to solve. But by seeing just a sketch of what was going on, it was much easier to write that into math. Again, we're changing words into pictures. And I also talk a lot about, you know, with students, they can answer the math problem correctly. But if they are not answering what the question is actually asking them, then they're not doing the math problem. That's a lot of times in standardized tests to kids on the math component. They will answer the math problem that they think the problem is asking and not answer the question that is actually being asked, and then they will, of course, miss it. So that's some of the hindrances, too, of understanding what's going on in front of them. I always tell students that you can't answer the math question right if you don't know what it is asking you. So the first step to being successful in math is what is the questions actually asking you? Second is actually getting the accuracy in the math of the problem right. And again, you could do have done the right answer for the wrong math problem. So that's half the battle with word problems too in math. So when we talk about a change in environment where the problems are, we can readdress and reteach and backtrack to reteach concepts and create a curriculum that is growth oriented and totally sustainable and consistent for a child so that they can catch up to their peers in a shorter amount of time than if they were just staying in that same environment, which is causing the whole chain of triggers and reactions and perpetuating kind of the problem as is. Again, I always come back to this idea that the solution is never on the same level of the problem, right? The problem's here, and there's always a solution if we can get to a higher perspective, vibrate a little bit higher to what the problem is, and then readdress the problem from a different solution, a different angle to it. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to ease anxiety and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's available as a one-time purchase or as an ongoing monthly subscription with extra group support and monthly live stream. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter to stay in contact. Keep up with the Creating Confident Learners community on Instagram and Facebook at Creating Confident Learners. Have a blessed day and aloha.